today's selection from Calvert Library's digital collection, The Key to Extraordinary, by Natalie Lloyd. Chapter 1. It's a known fact that the most extraordinary moments in a person's life come disguised as ordinary days. It's a known fact for me, at least, because that morning started out mostly the same as all mornings before. I woke up to an ache in my chest, the smell of chocolate, and the sound of the ghost making a racket in the kitchen. Now, I'm not the sort to dwell on doom and sorrow. Life is too short for that. But I should at least try to describe the ache briefly. It's not the kind that comes from eating tacos too late at night. It's the kind that comes from being left behind. I think my heart knows I should be filling it with new memories, new jokes, and wondrous adventures with the one person I loved most of all. But that person is gone now. And so, my heart has a giant hole in it. I call it the Big Empty. I squeezed my eyes shut and reminded myself of these affirmations. Tonight, you could have your destiny dream. Never doubt your starry aim. I repeated those words while I tugged my mud boots on over my jeans, and again when I zipped up my favorite hoodie. Early summer had settled into the mountains, but the air was still chilly first thing in the morning. I didn't feel cold, though. I felt energized. Just the prospect of my destiny dream rattled my brain to such a degree that I fixed my sideways braid on the wrong side of my head. I'm not superstitious about most things, but I knew the day would go badly if I wore my braid on the wrong side. Finally, I snatched up my messenger bag and zoomed down the stairs to see what the ghost was up to. Since there's no sense in scaring a ghost, who might whirl around and scare me in turn, I decided to declare myself. It's Emma, I called out as I stepped into the darkness of the Boneyard Cafe. My family's bakery, the Boneyard Cafe, takes up the whole bottom floor of our house, which is perched on the edge of a famous cemetery, hence the cafe's creeptastical name. Currently, Granny Blue is doing her best to keep the Boneyard running, as business hasn't been too great lately. I'm back here, yelled a voice, that unfortunately belonged to my big brother, Topher, and not one of the dearly departed. I'd never actually seen the ghost in our kitchen. I'd only heard it banging around, but due to my home's location, I figure I'm bound to run into a ghost eventually. The air was thick with the smell of chocolate as I walked into the kitchen. The cocoa cauldron was already bubbling near the far window. It was Topher's week to make the Boneyard Brew, our cafe's most famous treat. As near as I can describe it, Boneyard Brew is like hot chocolate with a heavenly twist. Maybe it seems crazy to drink hot chocolate in the summer, but I'm here to tell you, once you've had a taste of Boneyard Brew, you'll never stop craving it. Topher even makes homemade marshmallows. The marshmallow man himself was perched on the tip-top of the tall ladder, digging through one of the supply cabinets like a scrawny snack bandit. Hungry? I asked him. Thump! Topher bumped his head on the cabinet and let out a low groan. He got all squinty-eyed, pretending to be mad, as he hunkered down to look at me. But I could see the start of a smile on his face. Emma Pearl Casey, I thought you might be a ghost. I yelled and declared myself. I know. 
Topher gave me the same dimple cheek grin that made most of the girls at Black Hollow Community College go googly-eyed. I always get skittish when I'm down here before daylight. It is early for you to be making brew, I agreed. In my nearly 12 years of existence, we'd never opened before 10 a.m. on Sundays. I can't get this recipe out of my head, Topher said by way of explanation. Peach lavender muffins. I won't have any peace of mind until I make them. And I thought I'd get the brew going while I'm down here. I'm glad you're making extra. I usually have a big tour group in the graveyard on Sunday. Topher cocked his head and studied my face. Are you okay? You look troubled. I gave him a thumbs up. All good. Huh. He didn't look convinced, but he reached back into the cabinet and dislodged one of the giant silver muffin pans. He twisted out of the way as it clattered to the floor. Easy, I said as I jumped to hand it back to him. If you make any more noise down here, you'll... What? Wake the dead? You and Blue play music so loud the dead can't get any sleep around here anyway. I was going to say wake my dog. But that's a fair point about the loud music. Topher stretched tall again and got back to digging. He tossed a sack of Blue's organic flour down on the countertop before he dismounted the rickety ladder. I could tell by the tune he was whistling that Topher was about to go into a serious baking frenzy. He'd already tied his red bandana securely around his head. That was a direct order from Granny Blue. Topher likes to let his hair grow long and shaggy for the summer, so Blue makes him pull his hair back when he bakes. I felt a soft thump, thump, thump against my boot and looked down to see Bearclaw yawning up at me. I scooped her up into my arms and hugged her against my chest. When Topher took me to the animal shelter to pick out a pup, the lady said we didn't want that dog because she was scrawny. But I knew from the first time I saw that dog that she was meant to be mine. I hope every person in the world gets to have an experience so wondrous. The sweet tug at your heart when you look at a dog, and a dog looks at you, and you know that you're meant to take care of each other. Topher thought I made a fine choice in picking that dog, but we both decided she needed a bolder name, something that would help her see herself in a new way. So I named her the toughest word I could think of, Bear Claw. I call her Bear for short. That day at the shelter, Bear leaped into my arms as soon as I called out her name, as if she'd been waiting her whole life for someone to see her true potential. Good morning, my fearless little fuzz monster, I whispered against her floppy ear. Bear nuzzed happily against my neck. Is Granny Blue still sleeping? I asked. I don't think she sleeps much anymore. Topher stirred the big spoon through the boneyard brew. He nodded toward her office. The door was closed, but a glow of yellow light seeped out into the hallway. Her light was still on when I went to bed. I wouldn't be surprised if she stayed awake all night. Most of Blackbird Hollow was having a tough time making ends meet, and the cafe was no different. I cuddled Bear close, but stayed in the doorway. Granny's rule is that Bear can't go into the kitchen. She says some people are particular about dog fur in their biscuits. Topher opened a tiny jar full of dried lavender. He tap-tap-tapped out a teaspoon's worth into a tiny sugar-filled pestle. Flower dust already graced his cheekbones, neck, and hands, as if some angel had reached down out of the clouds to trace my brother's features, like, See now? This is what a perfect human looks like. 
We are not anything alike in that aspect, my brother and me. It would make way more sense if Topher was supposed to have the destiny dream. But he wasn't. The destiny dream would be happening to me. And soon, I hoped. Emma? Topher studied me carefully. I can see something's wrong. You might as well tell me. My brother can read people like a story. He knows when a smile's covering sadness, and which sparkly-eyed look is a sure sign of a secret. He can hear a broken heart in the sound of someone's voice. He's especially good at reading me. The floors creaked under Topher's sneakers as he came to stand in front of me, like he was putting himself between me and the world, as if whatever was breaking my heart would have to get past him to get to me. It's the big empty, I whispered, cuddling bare tight against the infernal ache in my chest. I woke up thinking that I wanted to talk to Mama, and then when I realized I couldn't talk to her, and I shrugged. It aches is all. Missing her is a terrible ache. Topher reached out to hug me, but I spun around and headed for the back door. I'm fine, Toph. No need to start the day all morbid and sad. Anyway, I'm off to see the long-ago dearly departed. I made my way through the kitchen door and out onto the back porch. The screen door slapped shut behind me, and I stared out over the dreamy morning world. The dark night had already faded to a pretty pale blue at the horizon. A cool wind prickled my skin and rustled the branches of the big oak in the center of the field. It was a life sound the wind made, a pretty rasp and then shh, which was kind of strange considering all that lay before me. As far as I could see, the headstones and statues of Blackbird Hollow Cemetery peeked up from the mist. I plucked a white daisy from the grass, stuck it in my braid, and set out to walk among those graves, just the same as always. I only walk in the daylight, though. Everybody in town knows you never set foot in Blackbird Hollow Cemetery at night. Most people are too skitter-brained to go there during the day as well, but I'm not afraid. Not exactly. Okay, here's the honest truth. Sometimes I do feel like something is following me around the graveyard. At times, that feeling comforts me. It's like I'm being watched over. But every now and then, I get a certain chill and feel more like I'm being flat out watched. I was right about both things, but I didn't know it yet. If you enjoyed this chapter and are hungry for more, this title is available as an audiobook on Hoopla. If you're enjoying Book Bites, please don't forget to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if there are titles or genres you'd like to hear, please email us at calvertlibrarybookbites at gmail.com. Visit calvertlibrary.info for more information. And stay tuned for more Book Bites.